0: Hi, uh, Pastor John here, welcoming you to our broadcast. Today, we'll hear from one of our missionary friends who will tell us about their ministry and give us a powerful word from the Bible as well. Let's join the service and see what they have to share. Amen. Well, we've had we've had a busy week. Um, the we had a particularly busy weekend. Uh, we're kind of all over town. We wrapped up the warmth for the soul coat giveaway. Uh, yesterday. We gave away 225 coats. Uh, we had somewhere around 55 people or so come in. And was that the right day to give away winter coats? <laughs> yeah. So while the coat, I, we had a lot of help with that. We want to shout out to everybody that helped us put that together. It's a lot of work doing that. Um, and it's a blessing to the community. It, it's an outreach. And, you know, we're blessed to be part of that. But while we were doing that, Kelly and I were uh, along with Bill Schwetke, we're over at the Warrington Cemetery uh, with a large group of volunteers doing the Flags Out project. Flags go in. Uh, around Memorial Day, they come out. Uh, two weeks later, they go in. Around Veterans Day, they come out. So it happens twice a year. There's about 600 flags. It's. It's a complicated process. It's not just a matter of shoving flags in the ground and picking them up later. Uh, So we needed help with that. Kelly and I had a chance to do that. And while that was happening, uh, we were finishing up with last couple days on the Operation Christmas Child. Now, I don't know if you've been watching this or not, but the the, the community has responded to this. Uh, There have been two trips down to Woodbridge uh, with I think 18 cases or so each, and there'll be one more trip come tomorrow when everything uh, winds up. So Jimmy and Susie are here today to collect your boxes if, if you uh, have them. Uh, they'll be here tomorrow. What time will you be here tomorrow, Jimmy? At 10 to 4. 10 to 4. Uh, so and we've had a lot of help with that too. It's been such an encouragement. Uh, to walk in the church and see it's not just Jimmy and Susie doing all the work, but they've been joined by people, people coming after work, people coming in the middle of the day. And I'll tell you something, this is an incredible blessing to children that might not other receive, otherwise receive a Christmas gift. So, uh, again, a lot of, there, there's a lot going on. You know, Love to Be Me is fired back up, and we're getting tremendous response on that. Um, and, you know, outreach has always been part of our DNA now I wasn't here in 1979 but Richard and Carol were and I've heard some pretty amazing stories about Carol in, I'm gonna embarrass you sister in the trunk of a car in a gorilla outfit and jumping out down in the middle of town just to let people know that there was a church getting started and that that has been part of us for so long, and it 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 goes right down to the missionaries that we support. Uh, you know, ten percent of everything that goes into uh, the general fund goes to our mission support, and and we do above and beyond that as well. Generally, by the time we're done, we're right around thirteen or fourteen percent of everything we go uh, we we take in goes into outreach. Now, some of that goes to local ministries. Warrington Pregnancy Center. Uh, spiritual care support ministries and a few others, but a lot of it goes overseas where it's desperately needed. And we get the blessing of being visited by those missionaries from time to time. And this is one of those special days. So they're not the only honored guests we have. We have Jen and, and uh, Jack McGovernor here. Say hi. <laughs> Good to see you guys. It's been a long time. We also have some members of the Reed family in the back. Good to see you guys. Thanks for coming. Give them a warm welcome. I'm gonna ask, ask you to come forward. Tom, Heidi. Okay.
1: Bless you, folks. Thank you for that. Go ahead over oh, okay. to this side. So good morning, everybody. It is really, really great to be here. I think we have a PowerPoint presentation for, for some of what we're doing and, and explaining how God has been gracious to us through your partnership in, in Nigeria. So again, it's really good to be here. We, we had intended to come uh, through in 2020. Something happened that year. I'm trying to remember what that was. It changed our agenda a little bit. So, so it's been quite a while, quite a few years since we've been able to be with you all. Uh, for those that uh, remember us, great. It's going to be great to catch up again. We've already been doing some of that with you, uh, even as we were setting up for the morning. Uh, for others that do not know who we are and wondering, who are these people and why are they up here and why aren't we listening to Pastor John and all those other things, uh, we're Tom and Heidi Jesser and we're missionaries to Nigeria with SIM. We've been in Nigeria since 2001. So for those of you that are good at math, we're up in about 21 years or so. If you're not familiar where, where Nigeria is, if here's a map of the world, and Nigeria, go ahead next one, there's that little country they might call it, well anyway, it's at, that, <laughs> it's at that corner of the continent of Africa. So if you go to the next slide, we've been there for quite a while and we may look a little different now than we did then.
2: Yes, and this is where we started, and you just might be interested to know that um, we came to Warrington to live um, at the invitation of Jack and Jenny. They were worshiping here, so we have been connected with WBF since 2004, so those kids look about uh, that age at that time, and they're all grown up now and uh, living around the U.S., we started our ministry in Bible teaching. Tom was a Bible teacher. I was homeschooling the kids and doing children's ministries and uh, some Bible teaching as well. And uh, now our ministries have moved into another area.
1: So before we get into a little more about what our ministries have been over the last couple of years, uh, a few interesting facts for those that aren't familiar with what Nigeria is all about. So next slide, Nigeria has a tremendous number of people, 215 million people, which now makes it the sixth largest country by population in the world. And of those 215 million people, more than 95 million are Muslims that have yet to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's a few more countries around the world that have more Muslims than Nigeria, but there is no other place on earth where it is absolutely legal to share the gospel as a missionary in Nigeria. On my visa to get into Nigeria it says I'm a missionary. When I meet People of other faiths than Christianity uh, traveling along the road or going through immigration, I don't have to be a little creative in what I'm there for. They know what missionaries do, and we have absolutely every legal right to share the gospel and to minister Jesus Christ there.
2: That is how it is right now, but it may not stay that way, um, just given some of the changes. So we covet your prayers as we serve there. What are we doing now? Um, in 2015, Tom was uh, elected as Sim Nigeria's director, and that basically is overseeing all of SIM's missionaries and all her ministries in Nigeria, as well as the project funds that have been faithfully given by God's people around a million dollars that Tom. Uh, overseas in distribution and care. Uh, For myself, um, I am now a SIM chaplain, and my predominant role is in missionary care, taking care of missionaries. And if you haven't known it by now, missionaries are real people with real problems. And um, I have gained some skills over the years to help them help children integrate. And I also do a lot of mentoring, mentoring women, mentoring short term missionaries, and uh, also training missionaries. Uh, The National Church has has its own missionary-sending arm, and uh, they've invited me to, well, both of us, but I've had a large role in helping the National Church develop its care program for missionaries. So that's been extremely exciting. That's what we're doing these days.
1: And just to give you a little snippet of what life is like for us in Nigeria, we have a video that's coming up here. Uh, Just to give you an idea, here's a little, just a couple minutes of what life is like for us in Nigeria.
2: Everybody wants to see our house, right? We don't live in a hut.
1: It gives a little idea of what our those really are day-to-day kind of things that, that we uh, experience in Nigeria. So our, our ministries are a combination of working with Nigerian nationals, working among Muslims that have yet to, to respond to the gospel, but also helping to raise up ministry workers and ministries within Nigeria. So how has God been at work through the partnership? Go ahead and go to the next slide. In, in specific ways, how has God been at work through the partnership with, uh, with WBF because we're, we're looking at ourselves as your arms, your legs in Nigeria. And I, and I hope you see uh, your role uh, as part of that because we're working together. We are making a kingdom impact. For instance, we continue to see the vision go forward of the gospel going into the northern regions of Nigeria, the, the area with the go on, previous slide on that. The area with the rectangle around it is the, the northern states in Nigeria that are under Sharia law And as Heidi mentioned earlier, right now we have an open window, an open opportunity, even in those Sharia states, to see the gospel go forth. And the gospel is going forth. One of the great problems that our friends say in northern Nigeria, our our pastor friends say for northern Nigeria, one of the biggest problems they have isn't poverty, it's not persecution, those things. They say it's what to do with all the Muslim converts. That's a fantastic problem to have. So the gospel is going forth for whatever time God has given us for that now. The next kind of exciting thing that's been happening in the last few years is the development of our northern teams. In 2016, we had nobody serving in those northern states with the rectangle around it. Now, as of by the end of this year, we're going to have upwards of 40 people, including children, and they're coming from places that we don't typically think of missionaries coming from. Maybe in your mind, you're thinking the missionary looks like us, you know, the color of the skin, the, the demographic where we come from in the, in the U.S. and other English-speaking places, well, now God is bringing people to us from other countries that we usually think of having missionaries going to, such as Ethiopia, the, the, the picture of the northern team with all the circles around their faces. Those are people coming from locations that we may not normally think of missionaries serving cross-culturally. The next way God is working is to reach one of the least-reached nomadic groups on earth called the Fulani. I don't, anybody here of the Fulani people group? Anyone? Oh, some, there's some hands. there. Thanks for reading our newsletters and things like that. The Fulani is... is one of the largest, if not the largest, nomadic people group on the face of the earth, that has such a small gospel witness among them. Less than 1% are Christians. And just to give an idea of the number of Fulani that are in Nigeria, if you take the population of several of the, of the states that, that you know, we were living, we came from Michigan, Illinois, Ohio, other places in, in the area, that's 40 million people. That's how many Fulani are in West Africa. Half of them, 20 million, are in Nigeria. And again, Less than one percent are Christian. We also have to think differently about what Nigeria uh, missions looks like. Go ahead and go to the next slide. Uh, Maybe if you're picturing what missions looks like in Nigeria, you have people in pith helmets going into villages, and there's there's some of that. Not the pith helmets, but the villages are certainly there. But in the in the last couple of decades, population has changed. It used to be at one time most of the people were living in the villages, living in rural areas. Now, upwards of seventy percent. Of the world's population, including Nigeria, live in cities. So we have to think differently. So now maybe your picture of Nigeria needs to change from those those mud huts to a more technologically savvy group and a new generation of Nigerians. I'm sure you know Nigerians are technologically savvy. Anybody receive an email from a Nigerian prince recently? (laughs) And unfortunately that's what that's what we we kind of think about. But there is that new generation and it means new opportunities. So when we look at what our Our missionary strategy should be. We want to look at what missions looks like in the 21st century, not what it looked like in the mid-1900s. With new efforts and new strategies, going to places without a clear gospel witness.
2: We've been excited to see some new ministries come to pass. uh, Some sports ministries. We've been emphasizing medical outreach because that is a proven key to reach Muslim souls for the gospel. So we've been emphasizing there. We'd like to share with you some of our challenges and joys, and this is just a moment to share a little bit from our hearts to you and ask for your continued prayers. First of all, we thank you for those who are following our ministry, reading our newsletter. If you would like to uh, receive that, our newsletter sign-up sheet is in this foyer here, and we would love to communicate with you in that way. promise you won't receive any, any solicitations or anything other than our newsletter if you provide your email. Um, We share some prayer requests and ask that you would join us. Our children are young adults now in different parts, uh, but those of you with children know that parenting just changes, doesn't it? Uh, Those needs don't go away. And so it is very difficult to serve uh, separated from our family. So pray for our fortitude that we will continue to follow God's leading and his calling because that just isn't easy some days. Um, We are praying for revival in the Nigerian church. Uh, We need it in the U.S. church as well. Uh, The church is established. It's large, but it is not uh, well-discipled to any uh, stretch. And so we are praying for God's spirit to revive. Tom and I are not getting older. Uh, We're not getting younger, I mean. Boy, we are getting younger. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, we do a lot of travel, and just the wear and tear takes its toll. So would you pray for us that we will stay healthy and have energy to do what God has called us to do? Uh, We are both in leadership, and there's a lot of stress of leading um, a team of missionaries, especially with the security problems and the economic situation that we find ourselves in. There's a lot of challenges living in Nigeria, but uh, currently the environment is... um, It is getting riskier, let's just say that. And so knowing that our churches um, who are supporting us with their finances are also holding us in prayer for our safety as we serve there. Not to dwell on the negatives, however, we are very excited. Despite some of these challenges, we are still having missionaries come to serve with us. That is such a joy. And God is blessing the work. Um, it is just amazing. We feel is so excited to be on the front row of seeing God's kingdom advance in northern Nigeria to the point where Muslims are coming to faith and the church just doesn't know what to do. You are not going to read that in, uh, when you click Google about Nigeria. But God is at work, and he's blessing, and the, vi- and the gospel is advancing. It's also very uh, fulfilling to see a vision coming to pass, and we partner with some fantastic people. Some of them are our former students. So we thank God that we find joy in our leadership ministry and in serving in the ways that we do. Those are all things that we uh, praise God for and ask your continued prayers for our sustenance and grace in the situation.
1: So those are, those are a few of the challenges and joys. There's also some ch- uh, other prayer requests we want to leave you with. For instance, c- continue to pray for the, go ahead and go to the next slide, pray for the security situation that's coming up in, in Nigeria. In 2023, there's national elections, there's going to be a new president, and there's a lot of stresses and, stresses and uh, tensions during that time. As one of my friends put it, it doesn't, it doesn't matter who wins the election, churches are going to burn, which is probably the unfortunate uh, truth of that. Also, the economic situation in Nigeria is very, very bleak for some people. Inflation is upwards of 30 to 40% for some goods there. I know we're having inflation and issues in our own country, but it's even hitting Nigeria more so, and that's, re- that's bringing up a cottage industry of kidnapping and other, other burglaries and robberies that people are doing to try and raise money. So that increases, again, a very insecure situation and make it even more challenging in that way. Uh, And also pray for the continuing movements towards some that say that there's an Islamization movement of the country. Nigeria is a secular country. As I said, we have complete openness right now to share the gospel. But people have noticed a a greater and increasing movement toward Islamization. So pray that the church would rise up and be able to stem that. Also, pray for your persecuted brothers and sisters in Nigeria. If you've heard us here before, you know about the situation, especially in northern Nigeria, where the church is greatly marginalized. In many communities, the church is less than 6% of the population. So that, so continue to pray for your brothers and sisters in Christ that are enduring great persecution and great difficulties just by naming the name of Christ in, a, in a, uh, an area that could be very, very hostile toward them. And also pray for those that are coming out of Islam. Remember, the greatest, one of the greatest challenges are all the Muslims that are coming to Christ, and that, that creates tremendous pressures on them from their own family and from their community when they convert to, when they convert to Christianity. And they endure a lot, sometimes even death threats from their own family. So pray for those that are coming out of Islam into Christianity, that they would be discipled and stand firm during those those special early days.
2: We do invite you to get our updated prayer cards. They are in the foyer, a uh, prayer bookmark that can guide you and in, uh, information on how to c- contact us. Some prayer materials there on the table there. Please help yourself to what is on the table. It's there for you to take. We also, well, we've been in ministry with SIM in Nigeria for 21 years. And I got to tell you the truth our supporters are aging and they're dying. And I, I, you know, we thank God for the people that have been supporting us. At WBF has been with us a long time, but we need new. I, I'm more concerned about the praying people than the money, actually, because God, um, we need prayer partners. So if God would prompt you to be involved in that way, please let us know. Um, also, just remembering to pray for Nigeria as God would bring us to your mind. And uh, we also are looking, oh, okay, I'm a recruiter. I can't help it. We want uh, a team from WBF to come out. Um, and we'd love to talk about those. Uh, I have, we have several slides here that talk about the short-term opportunities. Because of time, we will not look at all of them. But we are looking to build our team, looking to receive teams, coming in a variety
1: of ways. Uh, so even if you look, so if you read down, I'll, I'll trust you, you'll read some of that, you can see that these are opportunities for individuals to come. And when we say short term, it could be for anything from three weeks to a year, two years, five years, 10 years, that's not short term anymore. But we still have a, a wide range of opportunities for people with a broad range of skills. Inclu- if you look at some of those veterinary, uh, human, sports ministry, and others. So go to the next slide. And sometimes we need to think a little differently about what it means to minister in a country like Nigeria. So under building capacity with our national partners, people with computer, computer and IT skills, uh, agricultural technology skills, uh, we have a huge need for anti-human trafficking. Nigeria is one of, the, one of the key countries, unfortunately, for the human trafficking industry. And we have a tremendous need to work uh, with those people, not just that have come out of that, but also to prevent uh, young folks from being, uh, being trapped in that. So the tremendous opportunities outside, think outside the box of how God might be able to use your gifts and skills and passions, including, go ahead and go to the next slide, including people that have administrative skills. Should there be anybody here that has those kind of administrative skills, that would be great, as well as people that are involved in graphic arts and just a wide range of opportunities. And you can see some of the, again, some of those up there.
2: We have lots of ways that church could come and be used on a team and uh, just for a very short time, and we are looking for that. We would love to have uh, some friends from WBF come. Uh, we 'll just end here on a few personal requests, uh, please pray for Tom as Director. Uh, he needs great wisdom as he oversees the ministries and missionaries in Nigeria. We have a brand new leadership team in two thousand and twenty three that 's a bit going to be a bit of a challenge, and uh, we're developing new young leaders and that 's hard and so um, we pray for god 's wisdom in that uh, Tom finishes his term in 2025. And so um, we are asking for prayer. Would you join us? Uh, we are honestly not sure what the next step is for for us as a couple. Um, we're looking to... Uh, that will change, the ministry will change, and we just, we just don't know what that's going to look like. I will be continuing to minister to SIM missionaries and working with nationals. I love that part. That's really fun. So um, those are some things we just join you to pray, and uh, mostly, though, we we just want to thank you for... Thank you for your partnership. This is Thanksgiving Sunday, and I will tell you uh, my popcorn praise this morning. I didn't share it, but I am thankful for the people here at WBF that have stood with us, that have prayed for us, that continue to give faithfully. Some of you are partnering with us individually, some of you send us cards and notes. So very grateful to God for your congregation, and we pray God's blessing in the coming year upon you. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much. So um, if, you're, if you have a few minutes after the service, you can come by, pick up our, our updated prayer card, pick up a bookmark. If people use books these days, I don't think there's a Kindle mark or something like that, but you can use, use one of these even if it doesn't work for that, as well as some other prayer tools. So please uh, avail yourself of that as we're around. So uh, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to come and, and to also bring God's word this morning for the, for the brief time that we have left, and I will, try to be, I will try to be timely with that one. But to give you another little snippet of what life is like for us as missionaries, uh, one of the things before we go back, I don't know if we were clear on what our timing is, we're expecting to go back to Nigeria at the end of December. And whenever people are ready to go back to their field of service within SIM, and I'm assuming it's that way in a number of other mission agencies also, you have a series of medical checkups and things like that to make sure that you're, you're you know, physically able to go through the rigors of living, in, in, living in, in a cross-cultural setting like Nigeria. So we get our blood work done. We get our vision tested. We have all kinds of other tests done and get vaccinations and poked and prodded and, and all those kind of things. So, so w- w- when we get our results back, we have kind of a baseline. and go, You can go to the uh, start with the, mes- uh, the when we get our results back, we have a baseline where we know if things are normal or if things are kind of going in the other direction. Uh, another thankful popcorn prayer, praise. Mostly we're normal. We're getting a little older, so there's some things like that, but mostly we're, we're normal. Uh, so we're, we've gotten medical clearance to continue on. But this morning, I want to look at a, a special kind of checkup though, not just a physical checkup. We all, we all get those anyway. And as I said, part of our lifestyle, our life Choices as missionaries means we need to get those physicals done regularly before entering into a, a, another time of ministry. But this morning, we want to look at a, not a physical checkup, but a spiritual checkup. And this is going to check not just our, our life and discipleship in Jesus Christ, but it's going to really be a checkup on how we view our role and our vision of missions, and our baseline is not some number that shows up on a test result, but really our baseline to, to see how normal we are in this is going to be the person of Jesus Christ. Go, you go to a previous, uh, the previous slide on that. So our, our passage for looking at this, I know we've already read one passage about missions. Uh, another passage related to missions in the gospel according to Matthew is from Matthew chapter 9. So if you have your Bible or if you tap on your devices, or, or whatever you're using, turn to Matthew chapter 9. And we already stood once. It's been a while since we stood before. Let's all stand up as we read this passage. That's going to be a spiritual checkup for us to see if we're normal or if we have some, some adjustments that need to be made in how we respond to the people around us compared to the way Jesus does. So John or Matthew chapter 9, starting from verse 35. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that it's in a language we can understand, and it's in, a, in a, a very cutting and exposing way to our own life and our own heart and our own soul. We pray that you would open our eyes and ears and heart to what you would say to us through the scriptures this morning, as we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, you can be seated. So as we go through our spiritual checkup uh, quickly We'll look at maybe just three three areas here, so the first one is going to be a a vision test we'll call it that way so by the vision test, as we look at this passage, we would say or we would ask, "Do my eyes see what Jesus sees?" So as we looked at this passage it's a it's a busy time of ministry there's people coming and going and there's there's a lot of of uh, spiritual activity, physical activity among Jesus and his disciples and as the people are around him. We see in verse thirty-six, Jesus saw the crowds. He didn't just see people, but he he noticed them. He knew who they were. He knew what they needed. He knew where they were around. One of our one of our checks checkups was our vision test, my own vision test, and now I'm using some of these in a, in a different way. That happens because sometimes. We don't even notice how out of focus our eyes get. That happened to me. I wasn't even realizing how blurry the little text was. I thought maybe my Bible was getting defective or something like that because the the text was blurring. It turns out that the text was the same. It was my vision that had changed a little bit. My my focus had changed and I needed a, a correction on that. And perhaps maybe in this story, the disciples were in the same situation. Maybe the disciples needed to see people in a new way, in a different way. Maybe the disciples and maybe we too need to see the people around us. We know the people are around, but sometimes we can just go about our business. We can go about our daily lives and people with needs harassed and helpless, maybe like the ones that Jesus saw are swirling around us and we really have become maybe desensitized to them a bit. It's great at holidays like Thanksgiving and Christmas, where we have the you see the, the stockings, the, the hung with care stockings and Operation Christmas Child and others, they, they kind of come back into focus a little bit, but then maybe we take the classes off for the rest of the year, and it takes another several months of another holiday before we see them again. So the first check, the first test for us is do we see what Jesus sees? So yeah. Sometimes we're so occupied in our own lifestyles that we don't lift up our eyes as Jesus brought to the attention of the disciples. So maybe we need to open our eyes and look around us. So part of our role here today as visiting missionaries is to help all of us look at the needs around the world. Tremendous needs here in Warrington. We know that. You can't walk out the door without seeing people. They may not be crowds as Jesus saw them, but we can't walk out the door without seeing people. But we need, to even not, we need to see the crowds and the people even outside of our own communities. And that's a privilege that we have of putting the, the needs of the world in focus, putting the harvest in perspective. So the first check, the vision test do my eyes see what Jesus sees? Do I see the crowd? Next test, let's call this the, 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 to check the heart. We, we went for our physical. We had the stethoscope and all those other things. Well, there's a, a heart check even in this passage. So go to the next slide. So does my heart feel what Jesus feels? So when he looked, when he saw the crowds, what was Jesus' response? Read, read along with me there or answer the question for me. When he saw the crowds, what was Jesus' response? He had compassion on them. Exactly. Exactly. He saw that they were, I like that, that phrase, harassed and helpless. Not that I like that they were harassed and helpless, but it shows the, the aimlessness, the oppression that the people were under. Now, sometimes when we see the crowds, we, we may have different ideas of how, go ahead and go to the next slide or next one. We, we may have different ideas of what the crowds represent to us. Maybe when we see all the peoples, people around us in the knees, do we, do we see them as problems? And when Tom saw the crowd, he saw all the problems that they represent. Maybe I'm embarrassed. Maybe embarrassment is one of those. It's like, oh, I don't want them to be around. I don't want other people to see this. I don't want to deal with this right now. It's, it's not convenient for me. So maybe when me, when Tom, when I see the crowds as my heart check, do I see them as, a, as, a, as an annoyance or an irritation? You know, here they are again. There's another need. There's another call for help. There's another call for another community involvement. There's another group of people that need something from me. That would be an annoyance. Seeing the crowds and seeing the needs and having an annoyance. Or even, even a hatred. We can run into that problem in our situation in Nigeria very easily. We know of so many of our Christian friends. So many that have suffered at the hands of their, uh, 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 of their neighbors. Of another faith. And when I see the crowds of Muslims knowing the persecution of the church and our friends and our colleagues and what they go through, when I see the crowds, maybe maybe I don't feel compassion because if there's a group that's harassed and helpless, it's, it's, it's the Muslims in northern Nigeria. But maybe I look at them with a different attitude because of what they represent to the friends and those that I care about. That's a heart check for me. Or maybe I see the, the crowds as just another obligation. Here's more Christmas. Here's more boxes to fill. Here's more stockings to fill. Here are more coats to give out. Here's another community activity. Here's, yet another, here's another person with a sign up saying that they need help with something like that. There's another obligation. Or maybe, as Jesus saw them, hopefully, if my, my baseline follows along what our, our Lord's baseline is, I see them as an urgency. And as an opportunity to help. So when we compare the alternatives, that's a, a check for our own heart. So we'll go, to the, go to the next slide. So when Jesus looks at the crowd, he sees them and he feels compassion. And compassion is a, it's an interesting word. It's not a word that means like pity or sympathy. It's easy to say, oh, sorry that's happened to you or sorry what you're going through. That's, that's pity. But compassion is not just a word of emotion but it's a word of action. Compassion means that we, it's going to cost us something to get involved. That's different than sympathy. Anybody can sympathize with your problem. Compassion means that I'm going to get my hands dirty, if that's what it takes, and I'm going to involve myself in your need, and I'm going to inv- involve myself in your issue. Not only emotions. In our culture, it's easy to, have, uh, it's easy to post something and say, I stand with this where I, I oppose this, where, you know, we have a hashtag culture, where, oh, I really helped, I sent a hashtag of something. Which, you know, I guess is better than nothing, but when uh, maybe some of you remember the, the situation some years ago in 2014 when almost 300 schoolgirls were taken from, from uh, their village in northeast Nigeria by the terrorist group Boko Haram. And uh, unfortunately, it's been, well, 2014, so now we're at six years on, and, and there's still over 170 girls that are in captivity, And during that time, it was kind of fashionable. It was a little bit irritating, to be honest. I'm opening up my heart here. A little bit irritating because it was fashionable here for people to do the hashtag bring back our girls. You know, they would hold up the little sign with very sad-looking faces, bring back our girls. Okay, I guess it's better than nothing, but that doesn't quite fulfill the role of compassion. That's pity. That's sympathy. But Jesus said we need to do something more than that. So when we see the crowd, how do we feel? Do we see them as obligations, or do we feel a sense of urgency? So in the last one, let's go to the last one. Let's evaluate our fitness. So for our fitness test, go to the next slide. Do we exercise prayer the way Jesus does? So it's interesting that when we see Jesus' response, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, and it's interesting what he does not say, if he was a good American, we're like, you know, we could do anything. We have like, we're go-getter attitudes. If he was a good American, Jesus would say, therefore, do something. The crowds are ha- helpless, harassed. Therefore, do. Or therefore, go. That would be an obvious one, wouldn't it? Oh, the, the crowd, the, the harvest is plentiful. The laborers are few. Therefore, go. That would be an obvious one. But he, he doesn't say, therefore, go. He doesn't say, therefore, do. What does Jesus say? Help me with this. He says, "Therefore, do, therefore, what? Pray." That's an odd thing. Doesn't seem to be as 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 uh, accomplishing as doing and going somewhere, does it? It's also interesting what he says about praying for. So, go ahead and hit next next slide. Um, it's also it, it's interesting that he doesn't just say pray for workers to go. That would be an obvious one. The harvest is plentiful. The labor is a few. Therefore, pray for workers to go. But he doesn't say that. What does he say? Pray, for, pray what? Pray that what? The Lord would send. Doesn't it seem like an odd middle management kind of a thing? You know, it would be much more direct to say, therefore, pray that people would go. It's like, well, instead of praying for people to go, you're praying that God would send, you know, wouldn't it be much more succinct to just kind of cut out that, that middle part and just pray for people to go? But he doesn't say that. Because the word for prayer is not the normal word for prayer that we would think of in in offering supplication or intercession for somebody. The word for prayer means to urge, to beseech, to beg. Read this a little differently by saying, therefore, beg earnestly, beseech the Lord to send out laborers into his harvest. This is more of a, a call to compassion and urgency for the lost than a generic prayer request. When he's talk about our fitness and exercising prayer the way Jesus does, this is an expression of his heart, not just a checklist for, well, let's see, I prayed for this and this and this, and now I'm going to pray for more, more uh, workers for the vast harvest field. And it's not the usual word for send either. The word means to cast out. And if we were to put this in a different way, we would say, oh, that you, Lord, would thrust out workers into the harvest field. So looking at it like that, this is not a prayer commanding God to do something. Otherwise, we might say, well, until we pray, God is not going to send. God has already been touching the hearts of people. I don't don't think God is waiting for us to pray this prayer to call people out into missions. This is our spiritual checkup to see if our heart lines up with the things that are important to our Lord Jesus Christ. So, when, when we look at the crowds, when we see the needs, when we see the opportunities, do we say, well, God, you know, do something with them? Or do, does our heart cry out for something to be done about the harassed, helpless, lost people around us? It's not surprising that as we align our heart with God and express this, not commanding God, but it's more of expressing what, what should be part of our, our innermost being, it's not, not surprising that many that pray this end up answering their own prayer. I don't know if the disciples ever pray this, but in, in chapter 9, he, Jesus talks about the harvest. If you read on in chapter 10, then they get to go out and do something about it. So there's the going and the doing. And it would be interesting to see how many people that have actually prayed this prayer in, it, it, with the, 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 the exercising it to the level that Jesus does that actually become an answer to this prayer themselves. And when we look at what God is asking, we could say when God is at, what what the Lord is asking us to do here, we could say Lord instead, why don't you just do something about the harvest yourself? One of the most amazing aspects of this passage and others, others like it is that God would entrust this important urgent need of shepherding souls to frail error-prone human beings like ourselves. And if you really wanted to get down to efficiency, just ask God to do it himself, because I think we've seen that God is pretty adept at doing things, and he doesn't need our help, he doesn't ask for our assistance, but he invites us to partner. As frail and weak as we are, he invites us to partner, and he's asking us to align our hearts so that we're, we're begging that God would thrust out more people to have that partnership in seeing those harassed and helpless sheep brought into a saving relationship with Christ. So I've already gone a, a little bit over time. Let me, let me jump to some concluding thoughts here. Let me go to the last, the last slide. The last, next one. Next, there we go, okay. So let's look at our lab results. Let's see how we've done on our spiritual check. Let's see how we're, let's see how we're doing in aligning our life when we see the people around us with the Lord Jesus Christ. So first of all, do we see the people, not just look at them, but do we see, observe the people around us, even way around us, even on the other side of the world? It's interesting. uh, I won't do the test here. Okay. Maybe I'll, okay. Can I have five more minutes? I got the thumbs up. I have five more minutes. Okay. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a real risk here and ask you all to close your eyes. I know it's a risk on a Sunday morning. So you may not open them back up again, but I'm going to take this risk. I want everybody to close their eyes. Let me see. Uh, all right. So you've been, you've been in this church a long time. You've been in the sanctuary a long time. Give me another one, one or two minutes. Okay. How many sets of stained glass windows are in this sanctuary? All right. I don't know. Can... So I see, okay, I see one person. He has, he has six in there. Anybody else? I see five. I see that hand. Wait, anybody else? Anyone else want to take? I see it. Oh, I see someone saying four or five in there. Okay, open your eyes. I see there's three stained glass. Oh, but did you count the ones above the doors? One, two, three, four above the doors. Oh, they're there too. I didn't say window stained glass, only. So some of you that said six, yeah, okay, you got the main ones. You said Six. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, there's some more in there too. You've been in here how many times, and you don't know how many windows there are. It's an example of what happens with us with the needs around us. We see them, we're not really as, as aware of that. So do we see those around us with that kind of obs- observation that would that would show what their true needs are? Okay, next point. And if we see them, what's our attitude? Where is our heart in this? Next one, the next point. And when we see that and when we respond, does that create a need in our heart to express to God the urgency and passionate begging for the harvest to be brought in with his laborers? To pray for kingdom workers, to bring in that harvest that is ready to come in, that God has already prepared. God's not asking us to prepare or plant the harvest. He's already done a work. If we had more time, if I could have another one. I won't ask for more time. You're already gracious here. But we can tell you of the number of Muslims that have come to Christ because of the previous ministries of other missionaries and of other pastors and of other Christians around them, and how those previous ministries have prepared the harvest, that somebody else gets the blessing of coming in and seeing them come to Christ. And the last one here. Are we open to being the answer to those prayers? It's it's easy to pray that. Maybe not praying with the same passion and urgency, but it's easy to pray, Lord, send out missionaries. I won't ask if any of you have prayed that in any of your prayer time. I'm, I'm trusting that most of you have. But are we willing to be the answer for that? When we put up the list of all those opportunities that are there, oh Lord, send a veterinarian because the Fulani value their cattle, and they could use a veterinarian to help build those bridges. Lord, send a person that can do anti-human trafficking because it's such a horrible uh, situation that's happening in Nigeria. Are we open to being the answer to that prayer? I don't know how many people have prayed this that turn out to be the answer, but is your heart and is your soul open to God prompting you and saying, guess what? Heidi Jesseron was passionate about praying for workers to go to the harvest field. I'm poking you, God saying I'm poking you to thrust you out to be a kingdom worker in a place that God has chosen in a place that God has equipped you specifically to serve. Only you can answer that question before the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the, for the opportunity to, to, peek into the life of Jesus, to peek into his, his emotions, to peek into his, uh, his passions. And we pray that as we search our own hearts and how we evaluate the needs and the people around us, that you would give us a, an openness to the, the leading of the spirit in our own lives to see how we can be involved in bringing the vast harvest in as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you. thank you, my brother. Uh, it, it's always great when you visit because you not only get us updated on your ministry, but you bring the word as well. It's an honor to share the pulpit with you. Thank you. Can I pray Thanks, for sir. you? Please do. Lord, we, we thank you for this couple that has such a passionate heart for your gospel, your message, your people, your love, and your compassion. I pray now, Father, that you would open the windows of heaven and pour out your blessing upon them. Send the harvesters, Father, send the funds, send the prayers, Father, that they might be nourished, that they might be encouraged, Father, uh, that your kingdom might multiply in in unlikely places, uh, maybe even here as well, Father. So we give you thanks for them and ask your blessing upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you. Thank thanks
1: you, for that. Appreciate it. <laughs>
0: Okay, so if, if you get upset over Tom, taking an extra five minutes, that was my fault. I gave him the thumbs up. Yeah. Let's stand. Let me, let me give you a blessing before we go. 1 Chronicles 29. David says, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness And the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and in the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. And in your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. And now we thank you, our God, and praise your glorious name amen thank you for joining us here thank you for joining us online we'll be back next week pastor john back here again if you are blessed by the service let me ask you to do us a favor would you click on the like button below that little thumbs up if you're listening on sermon audio perhaps you can comment or even share the sermon with someone else we'd love to hear from you We're on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter at WBFVA. We're on the World Wide Web at WBFVA.org. Let us know if you'd like us to pray for you. If you'd like to support us financially, you can make donations through our website at WBFVA.org. Just click on giving. You'll receive a tax-deductible receipt at the end of the year. Either way, we would love to hear from you or even have you visit us in person one Sunday. We meet at 46 Winchester Street in downtown Warrington, Virginia at 11 o'clock every Sunday
1: morning. And now, may God bless you richly until we gather again.